You're listening to Your Labor Minute from the Labor Network. Find us on social media for all the up-to-date news on the topics that affect us as workers. Here's Mark Harrison. The NLRB continues its attacks on workers. That's next on Your Labor Minute. Hello, I'm Mark Harrison. The National Labor Relations Board has proposed a new rule that would deny graduate teaching assistants any right to collectively organize. Now, coming on the heels of the board's ruling in August that found that Uber drivers were not misclassified as independent workers rather than employees under the National Labor Relations Act, this is an attempt to do the exact same thing with grad students. Now, what does this mean exactly? Well, if the NLRB finds that a class of workers can be considered independent contractors, it means that class and craft of workers cannot form a union, or for that matter, engage in any job-related activities in a collective manner. Now, graduate students have become increasingly relied on by colleges and universities to perform the jobs of higher-paid professors, jobs such as teaching classes and grading papers. These jobs are notoriously low-paying and come without any form of benefits attached. Just as disturbing is that these grad students are on track to become college professors, but when colleges rely on the students to teach, the very jobs these folks aspire to become less and less available. Now, public universities have had graduate student worker unions for over 50 years now, and at those institutions, grad students receive higher pay and benefits than those without a union. The NLRB has said that collective bargaining by these folks will harm academic freedom. Yet at the universities where graduate student unions have been in place for decades, the schools report absolutely no loss of academic freedom and to the contrary, a better working relationship with their student workers. Indeed, the lies and the manipulations continue to come out of Washington. They just don't stop. Over the past 18 months, we have seen a bridge collapse in Florida, killing six, a building collapse in New Orleans, killing two and injuring 30, and two Boeing airplane crashes that killed 346 passengers and crew. What do all of these tragedies have in common? A lack of union participation. Indeed, in the past, pilots were far more involved in the design and testing of new airplane prototypes, with those pilots coming from various pilots' unions. Have accounting and cost efficiencies now replaced the raw, hands-on experience that seasoned union pilots used to bring to the occasion? The video of the Hard Rock Hotel collapse in New Orleans has gone viral. Yet, how many of those viewers understand that building sites that are well-managed don't have buildings that collapse for no reason at all? When asked to comment after the collapse, Hard Rock International had the usual corporate-speak thoughts and prayers statement followed quickly by claiming absolutely no responsibility in the collapse, blaming instead the developer and the general contractors. The building site, which was decidedly non-union, had more than 50 different subcontractors and vendors. And if these things go as they always seem to anymore, everyone who can afford high-priced lawyers will be absolved all the way down the line until some small business with no money will be found to be at fault. Right or wrong, true or false, that's what will eventually happen. And along the way, many workers will be found to have been illegal citizens, illegally employed, 
and victims of wage theft who have had little to no training for the jobs they were performing. Now these unfortunate workers would have had no voice in safety concerns because people who are working illegally are afraid to complain. And they are equally afraid to complain about not being paid for the work they have done. So we have illegal workers who are basically performing slave labor for unscrupulous business owners who never intended to pay them in the first place and a legal system that says the wrongs perpetrated by subcontractors on workers and in the safe construction of these buildings are not the responsibility of the larger corporation. The victim's families and the injured receive no financial remuneration because the law says that the corporation has no responsibility toward anyone. At union job sites, everyone has the right to complain. Everyone has been trained in the safe operation of machinery and in the proper and safe compliance of local construction codes. Everyone has the right to be paid regular time and overtime. At a union job site, the collapse doesn't happen and the failings of the system that is now rigged to protect the wealthy corporation and its developers is made safe by the union workers. Here's Mark Harrison with your Labor Minute. Local unions have been dismayed recently at the reluctance by Governor Cuomo to sign a bill that would make striking New York State workers eligible to begin receiving unemployment insurance benefits after one week on the picket line. Legislation passed just last June would allow striking workers to file for unemployment benefits after seven days, which is the same amount of time employees who lose their jobs must wait. As it currently stands, striking union members must wait a total of seven weeks. When reached for comment, a spokesperson for the governor's office defended the governor's record of support for organized labor. New Jersey recently passed a measure that allows striking workers to file for benefits after only 30 days. I'm Mark Harrison with your Labor Minute. This episode is a co-production between the Labor Network and LaborPress.org. Be sure to follow us for all the important news that we need as workers. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and wherever you listen to podcasts.